Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank with Remnant Call, saying good evening and shalom or good morning wherever you are. Glad to have you here listening to another episode of the Remnant Call. And folks, um, I just want to say thank God. had a storm came through here the other week and lost my soundboard. Um, I'll tell you, it's funny, you know, I'm in IT and and I've been in this for a long, long time, and I know always have a battery backup. Well, I didn't have a UPS on my soundboard, and it's always had a little bit of an issue with a few things, but praise God we've got a new soundboard. Not as nice as the old one, but it's working well, so I hope everybody can hear me just well. And uh, don't forget to protect your electronics with uh, with prayer and with a battery backup. God gives us brains, and um too bad I didn't use mine, as I should have. But any, neither here nor there. We are up and working, and I'm glad to have you here uh, with us tonight. Folks, um, it's an important program, and I just want to start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you give, that you are willing to touch and reach us even when we feel like we've gone so far. Lord, thank you that even when the world falls apart around us, you have not left us. And so, Lord, I ask tonight that this program be not only dedicated to you, but that you will speak through me. That this message, Lord, will be from your heart, and it will be pleasing in your sight and in your ears. Is my prayer in Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, God bless each one of you. Thank you so much for your support on the Remnant Call. We just praise God for it and trying to be faithful to the truth on the Remnant Call. And and when I say faithful to the truth, it doesn't mean that I have all truth because I certainly don't, folks. I'm learning all the time. I've been wrong about things in my life. But being faithful to the truth, we know that the truth is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, no man gets to the Father except through the Son. He is the truth. And so being faithful to the truth is being faithful to him and faithful to what his word says. And if we say something or we believe something sometimes, and the Lord then opens our mind and shows us the truth of how something truly is, we need to be willing to follow the truth above what our own feelings are. That's the problem we run into so often in modern-day Christianity is being raised in a tradition, and then when confronted with truth, we so often want to turn away because that version of truth doesn't fit our version of Christianity, whatever that may be. The truth is, folks, is that truth will always be truth regardless of how you feel. And if you're not willing to change, well, the Bible says that strong delusion is coming in the last days, and it's coming upon those who love not the truth. It's not that you know all the truth, but it's that you love the truth, 
And when you're confronted with truth and the Lord begins to lay it on your heart, you don't shut it down and turn it off because it doesn't conform with what you like. And I, I hear so often today when people try to defend certain beliefs, and they're not even willing to look at the Bible. And I know that the only reason they're defending this belief, not because it's even close to supported in the Scripture, it's because that was what they were taught by their church, their parents, their friends, their family. And so if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it doesn't matter because that's what they were taught as they were growing up. So to hear anything else is simply it's unheard of, and therefore refusing to learn. Well, God says in the last days that he will send strong delusion that they shall believe a lie. Now, the Lord doesn't send the, the lie. He says, though, that he sends the ability for them to believe the lie, that they may be damned. Now, that's not the devil. That's the Lord saying that you go read it in his word, that they may be damned because they don't love the truth anymore. So God says, fine, if that's what you want, you can have it. Folks, we need to make sure that we are following the truth. And when the Lord opens up something true to us, we take it, we believe it, and we apply it to our lives. If we had a wrong understanding and God shows us the right, just repent and then move on. God is a very forgiving God, and I believe he likes good repenters. And uh, he is into us learning the truth. If you think you have it all, you probably have nothing. The Lord wants to teach us in this last hour, and I believe tonight's message is a lesson of us to learn something very, very important. When 2011, and I shared this some years ago, but in 2011, my wife and I suffered one of the hardest years of our lives. Um, now, I guess technically for my wife, you could go back farther and say, well, my conversion from a life of drugs into into a believer was miraculous but but up until that point of my conversion my wife had to live a living hell with a husband who was strung out on drugs who was mean violent fought now i was not violent to my wife i was raised better than that but i was violent to other men and anybody who would get around me i just had an ego the size of texas and i and i just had to fight all the time to try to prove who I was because of whatever problems I had growing up. But the truth was my wife went through hard times, but in 2011 together, we faced a very difficult year. It started out that year. My grandfather, who I was very close to and loved, died. My favorite aunt died. My mentor in the missionary field who taught me about missions work, who I in the mountains of Africa with uh, Dr. Ben, he he was an amazing man of God who died with his boots on. The man was committed up into his 80s. He was still traveling up until it was taken out. The man was so committed, he died that year. My pastor and his wife died. Then, after all of that, my wife had a miscarriage that year, and we lost a baby. My wife calls it our Job year. Because it was the year from hell. Everything fell apart that year. And I remember after all these things that happened, the last thing that took place that year was when my wife had that miscarriage. And we just didn't think it could get any worse. And then you lose a child. Now, folks, I don't know about people who want to kill their babies in the womb. 
But that child in the womb was just as much as any child that was born to us. Even though it had not been delivered, it was still our baby. And I remember how bad it hurt us and how bad it hurt me and how broken I was in that year. And I remember at one point I was just so broken and I didn't know what to do. And I finally just cried out and said, God, please just bring this baby up in the resurrection. Now, folks, it's up to God, whatever he does. That's his business. But I felt like at that moment I turned that over to the Lord. And I learned a valuable lesson that year. I learned that no matter what you go through, no matter what sufferings you go through, God is always there. He never left us nor forsook us. And after that year of suffering, it had taught me a lesson that in my darkest hour, the Lord was always present, even when I didn't feel it. There was a teenage boy who was seriously injured in an automobile accident. The doctors did all they could to repair the damage to the boy's body, but despite their vast medical, their vast medical knowledge, they were unable to completely restore his legs. He was informed that he would eventually walk, but only with the aid of braces and crutches. The young man was devastated. His whole life had revolved around sports with the likelihood of receiving an athletic scholarship in football. He would never run again. He was not even sure that he wanted to walk. The next year was not an easy one for the boy or his parents. Major decisions had been made, routines established, and attitudes adjusted. Time, prayers, and patience helped to restore some of the boy's confidence in himself, but he still battled daily with lapses into self-pity. One evening, the boy's father approached him and said, get dressed. I want us to go to church tonight. And the boy's father approached him and said, yes, that he would go to his, with his father. At first, he didn't want to, but he did agree. And after they went, at the conclusion of the sermon that night, the preacher gave an altar call. The father told his son, I think we ought to go up to the front. The braces thumped loudly on the floor as they walked down the aisle. The father and the son knelt down to pray, and they returned to the pew. As they heard the thumping of the braces, the father turning to the son, the son looked back at the father, and he said, It's okay now, Dad. I still have the braces on my legs, but God has removed them from my mind. You see, he may have still had those shackles on his body, but believing and following through with Christ, he knew that he was free in his brain. You see, all I could see and my wife could see in 2011 was everything that was going on wrong around us. But what we couldn't see is the things that God was still doing for us. Yes, Dr. Bindle had died, my mentor in the missionary field. Yes, he had passed away, but he had left a legacy and he had taught me many things. Yes, my pastor had passed away that year, but he had left me a legacy and he had taught me many things about being a believer and a follower in Jesus Christ. Yes, his wife passed away that year, but she taught me that even though she had had cancer, she didn't tell her husband in his dying time so that she could stand strong for him because she knew if her husband knew that he, she 
she had cancer, that he would get stressed out and not worry about himself. And I saw an undying love with a wife for her own husband. And my grandfather, even though he passed away at the funeral, we had the sweet memories of the amazing things he taught me in life and how he loved me and all of our family members that were there and friends from all around. And that year, God taught us, he taught me, that even though that baby didn't make it here, it doesn't mean that I won't get to see our child one day in the kingdom. And I'm at peace with that because I know that the creator of all the universe will do that which is right. And I won't have to worry about it when I'm in his kingdom. You see, though, the issue with so many people that I know right now is everything is falling apart in their lives. They're struggling. They're stumbling. They're hurting. Their, their, their jobs are, are stressing them out. Their children are causing them grief. They don't know what to do. They're faced with all kinds of issues, and there are breakdowns that are happening all over the place. People are trying to follow the Lord, trying to praise the Lord, but in their minds, in their hearts, in their homes, behind closed doors, they are a wreck. And I'm asking you, what is it in your life right now that is keeping you from walking forward in total confidence with the Lord? Numbers chapter 13 is a powerful chapter in the Bible. You remember it starts out in verse 1 and 2. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, saying, Send thou... Men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. So God gets together and says, listen, I want to send somebody out of all the tribes of Israel to search out the land of Canaan. You remember the story? They went out into the land, and they searched the land. And the land was amazing. It was filled with milk and honey, and it was huge clusters of grapes and all kinds of good things. But there's something that happened in the land. You see, when they got in the land and they noticed the good food and how great it was, they also noticed something else. They noticed that there were giants in the land. They noticed that there were beings there that were large, and they were scary and frightened of them. The sons of Anak were there in the land, and therefore, even though they saw the good, the fear that they had from these giants held them back with such trembling in their hearts that even though God had made a promise to bring them forward, they were scared to death to go into the land of Canaan. And it's so... It came in chapter 14. It said, And all the congregations lifted up their voice, and they cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey? Where is, where is not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us make a captain. Let us return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the, all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which was, were of them that was searched out the land in their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it is an exceedingly good land. 
if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, and a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defenses is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear not them, but all the congregation bade stone with them and with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle and the congregation before all the children of Israel. So here they were scared to death, and in their fear, in their in their worry, instead of them turning to God, the children of Israel at that moment decided, you know what? We would rather go back into bondage instead of moving forward into the promised land. They would rather move into back into the tents in Israel, making bricks with mud and straw and hay instead of moving forward into the land of milk and honey out of fear of what these giants could do. And the Lord, the one who had led them by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day who had parted the Red Sea that was promising to rid their enemies, they cowered in fear to go back to Egypt. You know, Jimmy Evans once said, God put giants in the promised land to keep unbelievers out. My question is right now, is the giants that you're facing right now in your life, are these things that are taking you down right now at these moments, are the things that are causing you to grief and not find peace, are these things from God or are simply these opportunities for you to seek God? You see, we look so often at what's going on and we blame God because people were blaming God for the giants that were in the land. Did you hear what they said? They said, yes, God wanted them to go die out there. You see, they were blaming God for what they were having to face. And God was saying, no, he wanted to deliver. So often when we are faced with such trials, all we want to do is run back into the bondage of this world and the bondage of false Christianity and the bondage of rebellion instead of moving forward in faith in facing these things head on. Yes, I couldn't help what happened in 2011 with all these deaths and losing a child. But you know what I know is this, is that no matter what, I was going to seek the Lord even through my darkest of hours, and God proved faithful. You see, we have some of the biggest giants coming at us from all sides right now, from technology, pornography, every type of addiction, opioids, what, uh, whatever it may be, homosexuality, bestiality, everything that's going on right now. It is coming at us, persecution from churches, from school, from wherever it may be. Things are going on, and it can be literally crippling to ponder the possibilities of what could go wrong in our lives. You could walk right out from listening to this program out your front door and be wiped out by a vehicle. It doesn't matter. Your life could end tomorrow. If that is the what controls you in life, you will stand still and never move forward. But we need to face the facts of this sin-sick world that we live in. There's nothing we can do to change the world. There are things we can do to change people's hearts for Jesus Christ. And that begins with sharing with them who God is so that he can get in there and make a difference in their lives. In 1962, Victor and Mildred Gertzel published a revealing study 
of 413 famous and exceptionally gifted people called Cradles of Eminence. They spent years attempting to understand what produced such greatness, what common thread might run through all of these leaders throughout history, all these amazing, outstanding people, the great leaders through history. What was, what was the common thing that bound them together that made them these great leaders? Surprisingly, the most outstanding fact that was virtually all of them, 392 out of the 413, had one Thing in common. They all had to overcome very difficult obstacles in order to become who they were. Every one of these people had to overcome adversity, trials, temptations, hardship. But what came out of it were leaders, men and women who knew what they were fighting for and what they were doing in life and where they were going. And even when they were down, they kept their heads up and kept moving forward. What's the difference between them and us? Somehow we have lost track over time of our Christian walk that we serve a mighty king. We don't serve a weak God who cannot defend himself. We serve an overcomer who went into battle not with thousands of men and great weaponry, But our king went into battle with his own life and single-handedly defeated the enemy at the cross. His own men abandoned him, yet he was not stopped. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about the last-day Christians. It talks about people who live in our time and the time we are moving into right now. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. If you want to read with me, Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. It says this, And I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So here's a group of believers. They know the devil is after them. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Satan wants them dead. But these are not ordinary believers, folks. No. These are believers who have been in the word. They no longer care about their own lives, and they are standing strong, ready to fight, because they have been covered in the blood of the lamb. They don't care about sickness. They don't care about losing their jobs. They don't care about anything in this world anymore. All they want is Jesus in their lives. They want Jesus more than anything in this world. Neither giants, the devil, Satan's angels, nothing is going to hold them back. They are in love with the Lord. You see, when you look at these scriptures, And you see the challenges that God's people faced. And we come down here to the end of the world when the Bible says that everything is going to be magnified even greater than it was before. There will be more tribulation coming. There will be more false deception coming. There will be greater miracles than ever happened before. And there will be more false miracles and false prophets than ever before. And God says that when everything gets evil, as evil shall abound, grace will abound even more. 
And God is giving us the ability to face these problems that we have in our lives and not run back into the bondage of Egypt. You see, the problem is, and I've done this myself, we get so down, we get so out of it, all we can do is see our own problems in life. All we can see is what's going on in our lives wrong. And many times, folks, when we are in those situations, and I found this from experience, God is trying to show us the pride that is in our own hearts. Like I mentioned a few years ago, after hearing a powerful message by my good friend, Brother David Murray, when he was, I was out mowing my lawn, and, and I wasn't expecting this. I was being persecuted, not, not like they are overseas and being killed, but I was having people were coming against me for no reason at all. It was out of control. I was living in a pity party, and it was, it was terrible, and I realized that day that I had a serious problem in life. I loved the, per, the, the praise of men because when I didn't have it, I was devastated. And it crushed me. And I thought I had no problem. But finally, out of nowhere that day, the Lord broke through and was like, hey, man, I'm trying to get your attention. The Lord is trying to get my attention to wake up at an issue I had. And all these persecution and things that were going on at that moment not to compare with those that are suffering overseas and in prison. I'm not talking, but that moment, what was happening in my life, the Lord was getting my attention to show me that I had a real issue that he needed to deal with. And so often in that persecution, in that suffering, and those things that we're going through, it's in that moment that God begins to teach us something about us. See, when all hell breaks loose, you will find out who you are in Christ Jesus. You will find out where you stand in the Lord when all hell breaks loose in your life. And see, God has been preparing and testing and trying just like you do with fine gold so that you will come out pure. Because what's getting ready to come down the road, folks, we are not prepared for in our flesh. No, we're not prepared for it. Only by the Spirit and by the blood of the Lamb will we overcome you and I have been in boot camp and in training because what's coming, we cannot understand the depths and the terror of what is out there. But God is preparing us so that when we see it all fall apart, we will look towards one place, and that's towards his throne, towards our heavenly Father, who is the deliverer that will take care of us through these dark hours in this dark day. The Bible in Acts Chapter 14 says a powerful word there. I want to share it with you. Acts 14.22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, the Bible says that you will suffer tribulation following the Lord. And it's not because God hates you. It's because people hate him. It's not because God wants to destroy you. It's because God is setting you free from their persecution. 
the fiery the men in the fiery furnace the only thing that was burned on them were the ropes that were binding them and sometimes folks it takes these tribulations and trials to free you from the bondage of this world when you see the mighty and powerful deliverance of your god john 16:33 these things i have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world. See, the Lord says you're going to suffer some serious, serious tribulation. But don't worry. You can have peace in the middle of your tribulation. If you think that's not possible, go read the Fox's Book of the Martyrs. But men and people being persecuted and killed throughout history, clapping as they're going up in flames. The Lord was protecting them even as they were burning at the stake. God was there with them. Yet sometimes we feel that in our moment, when all hell breaks loose, that God doesn't love us anymore. Romans 8, chapter, verse 35 says this, For Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, folks, when all hell breaks loose, God is getting ready to move. There are many people right now that are being trained. They're being raised up for the hours that are coming. And yes, it might feel like you're going through something bad, but trust me, it's the battle-hardened saint that is able to, through much trials and tribulation, Show the way of peace to the young believers. Folks, there are going to be times when your family is going to look to you, when your people that you're going to know are going to look to you and say, what's different about that person when everything is going wrong around them that they're not breaking under the pressure? What's different about them? Well, it's called Jesus. That's his name. And he's what's different about them. Folks, we are going into a dark hour. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. We are in a dark hour. We are in a dark hour as a country right now. Our politics are a joke. The lies are a joke. One side is accusing the other side what the other side committed, and the other side is, is, is trying to act innocent. But in truth, they're all arrogant. They're all high-minded. They all want power and glory and everything. The truth is we need to follow the Lord. The only thing that's going to make this country great again is when the Lord returns. Folks, you don't continue in this homosexual lifestyle, pornography-rich environment, this absolute bestiality and things that are going on, and think this country is going to do a 180, you got another thing coming. We are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah ever was. 
And the truth is, those that are here that are guilty, and all of us are guilty of something, but we are proud as a country of our defilement and rebellion against God. We should take in God we trust off our money because it's a lie to say that stuff. But the truth is, God still has a remnant. He still has a group of people that are willing to follow him no matter what the cost. First Peter chapter 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which shall try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Don't be surprised, folks, at the fiery trial which is trying or will try you. God is freeing us from the bondage of the sin of this world. When all hell breaks loose, God will have a people. And it's us, those who follow the Lord. Folks, get in your prayer closets. Open up that Bible. Start reading. Start seeking the Lord. Folks, you don't need to know any more about the Nephilim and everything else. I'm not saying all that stuff is not important. I'm just saying, I know we're sometimes trying to chase this whole, you know, everything exotic that's the next greatest thing. When the truth is we need to chase the Lord, get our minds prepared and covered under his wings so that he can take us through the hour of the greatest deception on earth. I could care less about star portals, but what I do care about is Jesus Christ is coming again to take us home. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom.